It may be the week against the Utah Utes, but that does not stop everyone from asking questions about the future of Arizona State on this week's edition of the Locked on Sun Devils Mailbag. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, and welcome to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I am Richie Bradshaw, your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in that visual platform. Of course, wherever you do get your podcast, make sure you hit like and subscribe and also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. To stay in touch with all that content, make sure you're following me at RichieBrad36 on Twitter. Follow the podcast while you're there as well at, at excuse me, at LO underscore Sun Devils and stay in touch with everything going on with the podcast all the time. Guys, it's that time of the week again. It is mailbag time and there are all sorts of fun questions to get to this week, but none more prevalent than what is going on with the future of Arizona State Sun Devils football. Now that Herm Edwards is gone, that dominated the majority of these questions. We do have a couple questions over the game this upcoming week, but naturally everyone is more curious about the future of the Sun Devils program. Plus, we will have a preview of the game tomorrow for a seven-day podcast. Like I promised you guys, this would end up being. We'll also have a YouTube live tomorrow night if you guys want to come and enjoy that as well. So, But let's go ahead and get started. Nine questions this week. We'll do three for each segment. Nice and simple. First question here, potential head coach candidates. Now, I went over this a little earlier this week, so you'll have to check out that edition of the podcast if you haven't already, but I'll go ahead and do a little bit of my own spin on this. So I'm going to go with potential head coach candidates that are more realistic for Arizona State. Not so much like your dream ones, not really your Urban Myers, not really your Matty Campbells, not even really your Matt Rules, but more or less some guys that make a lot of sense to come to the program. So the first guy who comes to mind for me is Kenny Dillingham. And Dillingham makes a lot of sense to end up at Arizona State. He's a really young guy. He's been an offensive coordinator for the last like four or five years, something like that. And just a very, again, very young, very offensive-minded guy who has done a really good job to put together some competitive football teams. For what it's worth, the last two years, he was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Mike Norvell down in Florida State, who's got connections to Arizona State. So if it came time for Dillingham to actually interview with the Sun Devils, it would make sense that Norvell might chirp in, who from, from everyone's understanding had a good time at Arizona State, just you know got a head coaching opportunity with Memphis and took it, and who could blame him? But he could have some luck there. And I mean, he got to work with uh, Memphis in in some of, uh, what's his name? Mike Norvell's time there. He was with Arizona State as an offensive assistant back in 2014 and 2015. He grew up in the Valley. He's an alum of Arizona State. There are a lot of dots to connect here that make Kenny Dillingham a very, very intriguing fit. Now, I know another name that people are linking is Brian Harson. Harson is currently the head coach for the uh, Auburn Tigers, although it feels like he's going to get kind of shooed out of that program 
a little sooner than he would like. He has been a head coach for, what, the last just about 10 years going back to Arkansas State. He was at Boise for a little while as well. Had some pretty darn good success at Boise. Goes to Auburn. He gets to a bowl game his first year, 6-6, six and six, but they lose, so they're 6-7. and seven. Currently, Auburn is a 2-1 and one football team, but they nonetheless are very, very uh, lukewarm in a best, like, nicest way to put it scenario with Brian Harson, which could ultimately lead to him out of the SEC. And, I mean, the SEC is not for everyone, so, you know, you can't really fault Harson if he ends up not really having a great stay there with the with the uh the tigers and could ultimately just need a new change of scenery for himself and you know arizona state is a pretty good location for him to wind up being at is this this is a solid program and there there's a lot to like here and i think that harson could definitely find himself a little enticed to end up with this program. So I would also put him on that list. Uh, I don't know how realistic it is for Arizona State to snipe any of the head coaches that are currently in the league, like a Blake Anderson from Utah uh, Utah State or a, uh, 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 I can't remember the guy's name, the BYU head coach. I'm going to have to look his name right now. Uh, Kalani Sataki. He would be towards the top of my list as well. I just don't know how realistic that is. Troy Calhoun from Air Force, another another name people seem to like. Uh, Josh Gaddis from Miami would also be someone that I would be really interested in. And Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator from USC. Jeff Grimes from Baylor as well, the offensive coordinator. I think that would probably round out my most realistic options. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a huge Matt Rule guy. I'm also a big Bill O'Brien guy. And uh, Tom Herman is another guy who really intrigues me. But as far as like realistic fits go, I feel like it's Kenny Dillingham. I feel like it's Brian Harson, And then any of the guys that just named again, like Alex Grinch, Jeff Grimes, uh, Josh Gaddis all make a lot of sense to end up being those guys as well. Next question. Do you like the choice of the interim head coach? Of course, the interim head coach being uh, Sean Aguano. I do. I do really like Aguano being the, assistant head coach there. He's been with the program longer than both uh, Glenn Thomas and Donnie Henderson have been with the team. And when you consider that, that, uh, that veteran leadership aspect, I mean, Thomas has been with the team this year, hasn't been with us before that. And Donnie Henderson, I believe is in the second year with the team. Meanwhile, Aguano has been with the program since 2019. He's a firmly established guy in that locker room. People know who he is. He's well-respected as the running backs coach. I mean, he's put together some pretty solid guys like Rashad White and Eno Benjamin into the league. So he's got a really nice track record for himself as someone who is proven. He's smart and he definitely gets along with the students. And that's, that's a really important factor right now is you need yourself somebody who you can rely on to ultimately build these kind of relationships with these kids and get them to buy into whatever the mentality is that you're trying to throw at them. So I really do think that um, uh, Sean Aguano was a very, very good pickup for Arizona State. Makes the most sense. I mean, obviously, it's easier to connect the dots for one of the coordinators to become the assistant head coach. But when you have the amount of time Aguano's had with that program, the familiarity he has with Ray Anderson and the rest of the athletic department makes too much sense not to happen. 
Uh, third question before we hop into our first break here. What player do you see stepping up and stepping into the big coaching change this week against Utah? And who do you think can make or break the team in terms of leadership during its critical turning point in the season for the Sun Devils? Let's kind of break that up. So the first one, what player do you see stepping up and stepping into the big coaching change this week against Utah? I think the most obvious guys to look at have to be Kyle Soley and Merlin Robertson on the defensive side of the ball. They've already embraced a big-time leadership role for the program this year. Have to be very happy with the way that they're carrying themselves amongst the rest of the guys and really leading a defense that had so much change on it. And all things considered, like I'm hoping the Eastern Michigan game was a fluke and not a sign of things to come because if it truly is a fluke, this defense has been pretty darn solid this year. It did everything it was supposed to do against NAU. And if you watch the Oklahoma State game, you know that they were a lot better than what was shown on the box score. So I would anticipate it would be one of those two. I would also take a look for Emory Jones to potentially be a guy who steps up big time for this program and ends up becoming a massive leader, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Second part of the question, who do you think can make or break the team in terms of leadership during this critical turning point in the season? Again, I, I feel like it's probably those three. Emery on the offensive side of the ball. I could also potentially see one of the receivers maybe stepping into that role and not even someone that you would expect. Like, I don't know if that's an Andre Johnson kind of guy or an, even an Elijah Badger. I could truly see like a Cam Johnson maybe stepping into that. But again, like every, everyone knows how big I am on Cam Johnson. Incredibly biased when it comes to him. I'll totally own that. Uh, Ladarius Henderson on the offensive line makes a lot of sense too. He is a team captain for what it's worth. Uh, again, I would really anticipate the quarterback of your offense, Emory Jones, to absolutely welcome a role like that. I would certainly hope that that is probably the case for him. Defensively, yeah, it it's definitely Merlin Robertson, Kyle Sully. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of our defensive linemen is able to step up as well. Maybe Omar Norman Lott or Joe Moore, maybe Trevez Moore. I, I think there's a lot of guys who are going to look at this opportunity and realize, you know, this is my chance to really, truly shine as one of the definitive leaders of this Arizona State team that needs leadership right now. There's a really good opportunity for just about everyone here to do that. So I'm hoping that ends up being the case. That being said, we're going to go ahead and hop into our first break and talk to you about our good friends over at Underdog before we get back into this edition of the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. And man, I'm telling you guys, it is about as easy as it gets. In my pick for this week, I like the UNC quarterback, Derek May, higher than 200, 245, or excuse me, 254.5 passing yards against Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame uh, starter Drew Pine, lower than 217 at the half. I like Malik Cunningham, over 95.5 rushing yards against UCF. It just it, There's a lot of very intriguing lines that are going into this week that I'm actually really excited about. So you guys should definitely take a look at that as well. It's easy to play. It's available in over 30 states in the country. All you have to do is is pick between two and five players across any team, not just yours. You know, it doesn't have to just be Arizona State. It can be anyone. Just don't pick U of A. And decide if they will finish higher or lower on their projected stat lines. One of the easiest fantasy fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, not two words, guys, LOCKEDON, 
and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So if you deposit a hundred, you get a free one hundred dollars. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google Play Store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on college football's pick'em action today. You guys know the drill. The Locked on Sun Devils podcast is free and available on all platforms. Hopping back into our conversation now. Looking at our next few questions here. Do, interesting, uh, do you think ASU will be competitive and cover the spread or keep it close? Talking about the Utah game this week. Man, is that is that such an interesting conversation to me. Now, I've been on a few podcasts this week to talk about this. Most recently, I went on, I believe it's called Crimson Corner, which is over with the Utah Athletics program hosted by my good friend, Michelle Bodkin. That should be dropping today on Friday. So you guys, I'll be sure to share it, but definitely check it out and listen to me praise the Utah Utes. Like, I'm sorry, guys, I really like that team and I'm nervous about ours. But one of the things that I brought up to Michelle was, I really think this game could go one of two ways. I think ASU will get blown out. Or ASU is going to cover the spread and keep it a lot closer than people anticipate. I don't really see an in-between. I don't see a game where ASU, you know, loses by 10 points. I don't see a game where ASU is winning by 20. But I feel like ASU could lose by 30 or they could keep it within one possession. I I'm very much interested to see how Arizona State is going to come in and play this game. What the deciding factor here is going to be is how quickly are these guys going to adjust to a new coaching scheme? Aguano has already said that he wants to do a lot of things differently from what was previously being run under Herm Edwards. Hopefully, that means maybe a little more variety and exoticness. I'm not sure if that's a word, but like a more exotic playbook where you're allowing guys like, Oh, I don't know, Emory Jones to play with their strengths of being able to like run out of the pocket and manipulate defenses with his legs. Maybe allow the pass rush to get a little more intense, maybe, maybe not more complicated, but more complex and generate something that maybe opposing offenses aren't ready for. So it's just going to depend how quickly all of this gets implemented for Arizona state because they, they could win this game. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying Arizona State is completely out of this game. It definitely seems that way and there's times where I feel like they are, but there's there is absolutely a chance that Arizona State could shock the world here. I don't want to try and uh, rain on everyone's parade and make it seem like this is this is just totally out of reach and, you know, this that and the other. ASU could make this a game. They could definitely compete. They could cover that spread which last I checked was at 15 points in favor of Utah, and it's probably just going up, honestly. So the the quicker you jump on that spread, the better. You can always check with Bet Online, which is where I last checked for that 15-point spread, Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, I, I think they could. I think they could. Now, do I think they will? I'm not 100% certain. If, if you force me to pick yes or no, I would say no. But they could. It just depends how quickly they buy into that new mentality. Next question with Herm Edwards' departure from the Sun Devils. What will the team struggle with the most in the upcoming game against Utah? Man, there, there's all sorts of different things 
that they could struggle with. I think one of the biggest things they might struggle with is defensively. Now, if Eastern Michigan proved to be an actual indication of what to expect from the Sun Devils defense for the remainder of the season, it's going to be a long year, especially against Pac-12 competition, especially against Utah with Tavion Thomas and Cameron Rising and the rest of that bully ball offense. Uh, Dalton Kennard and or Kincaid, excuse me, Dalton Kincaid and uh, Brent Keithy, the tight ends for them, will also just eat up Arizona State. There, there is going to be a very big benchmark for Arizona State to prove themselves this week. There's a lot of pressure mounting on the Sun Devils to find a way to step up, and it's going to be up to them to really prove that Eastern Michigan was a fluke and not a precedent moving forward. So if there's one thing that the team will struggle the most with, it's going to be rebounding from a terrible week defensively. You're hoping that they can do it sooner rather than later. They've shown me evidence that they can. Like, I don't have any questions of their capabilities. It's just a matter of when is it going to happen. Hopefully it's this week. Next question before we hop into our final break here. How do you think the coaching change will affect recruiting? Do you think people will be more inclined to give Arizona State a shot with a new regime or the complete opposite? I feel like it kind of depends on who you hire. If you were to promote a guy like Sean Aguano, the good news is he's already mentioned that he wants to start recruiting in our backyard more. The Valley has a lot of talented players all throughout Mesa, Chandler, Scottsdale, all of that. There's there's tons of great programs that have put in talent to college football that Arizona State hasn't looked at. Aguano is already setting a precedent that he wants to take a look more at that. That's great. Arizona State has done a pretty good job of recruiting Southern California. Hopefully that remains the same. Texas isn't that far from you. I hope that there's a little bit of urgency to go there as well. But I think that there's nowhere to go but up for this recruiting right now. You have six guys in your 2023 class. That needs to get better. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But I also believe that Arizona State could definitely bring in somebody flashy and exciting and turn on a lot of these a lot of these students to wanting to commit to the program. Like, sure, would a Kenny Dillingham be like this ground-shattering move? No. But you potentially could have younger offensive players that look and they're like, hey, you know, this is an up-and-coming offensive coordinator. He's had success wherever he's been. You know, I might be interested in him. Maybe get a veteran guy like, a, like Matt Campbell from Iowa State or Matt Rule from Carolina Panthers or Bill O'Brien from uh, Alabama. Those are guys that could also really turn around your recruiting. So overall, again, I just feel like there's nowhere to go but up for this recruiting for Arizona State. I think that this is definitely going to be something that gets better for the team. It's just, it's hard to be worse than rock bottom, I would say. I really like the potential, no matter who the head coach is, no matter if it's Richie Bradshaw, that you could turn your recruiting around by putting your assets in the right areas and it starts recruiting in your backyard. All right, one more break. When we return, we're going to pick it up with our last three questions of this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, guys, do me a favor. Make sure that you are subscribed over to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend and number one friend of the podcast, Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your Pac-12 news, the Conference of Champions, in 30 minutes or less by subscribing to Locked on Pac-12. Don't just stay in touch with Arizona State Sun Devils football. Stay in touch with the rest of the 11 teams and know your competition before we get to play them. Just like Locked on Sun Levels, it's free and available on all platforms. 
So make that your second listen of the day. Three more questions before we get out of here. Number seven, is Urban Meyer too old to take on the massive rebuild the Suns require? No, he is not too old. Urban Meyer is still a relatively young guy. I think he's in his like late 50s. Yeah, he's currently 58 years old. He would be 59 at the start of the season. I definitely don't think he's too old to coach in Arizona State. I also think that this would be an outstanding hire based off of the, what's the word I'm looking for? The prestige and everything that he's brought to the programs he's been to. He won a national championship with Florida. He won a national championship with uh, uh, Ohio State. He, In fact, his championship with Ohio State was the first ever, um, what's it called? Uh, college football playoff. He actually won two national championships for Florida. So this is a three-time national champion head coach and someone who has built up great programs and maintained tons of success wherever wherever he's gone. The problem, and I mean, this is a very, very big problem. This is about as shady an individual as you could possibly come up with to coach your college football team. I mean, he's never had a losing record at any place he's coached, which includes Bowling Green in Utah way back in 2001 to 2004. But there's been a lot of shady things that have gone on under his reign. You guys do your own research. I'm not going to talk about it here. But it's just one of those things where does Arizona State want that image coming to their program when they're already facing a lot of negative uh, controversy around the team because of the COVID-19 protocol violations. Like you can say it's not as severe as some of the stuff that uh, Urban Meyer has been a part of, but nonetheless, I mean, we need to take that stuff seriously. So that's a big deal, but neither here nor there. I'm not getting into detail with all that. The point is, I just don't know that Urban Meyer is a great fit for Arizona State. And I certainly don't want the negative press that comes with him. Because he was one and done at the NFL level with Jacksonville. Because guess what? He brought the same kind of negative energy and shady attitude that he had at Florida and at Ohio State. He was one and done. The Jaguars were smart enough to realize uh, this, this was a mistake. We shouldn't have done this. Now, they shouldn't have done it in general. But at least they realized that sooner rather than later, I guess. Yeah, it's just I don't think it's a good idea to bring in Urban Meyer. But... For your question, no, he's definitely not too old. He could absolutely come to this program and coach for 10 years. Not a problem. How will firing Herm affect the team morale this week? Honestly, I think it's going to be a good thing. We've already seen these guys are very energized and they're very excited moving forward. They're they're saying, you know, don't give up on us yet. You know, we're we're coming out with a vengeance. We're not we're not done just yet. You guys got to give us this chance to show you that the best is yet to come. And Iguano is already getting these guys hyped up and, you know, he's getting these kids prepared to move forward and not miss a beat. In fact, rebound and potentially find a way to just shock the world. And, you know, whether it's realistic or not, like to win out or to get to six and six or seven and five or eight and four before a bowl game, obviously, like this is the kind of mentality these kids have right now is we're we're going to be better and we're going to prove you all wrong. So I think the team morale is already much higher than it was. The the firing of Herm I think is going to end up being the catalyst for these kids to start playing harder, 
whether it results in wins, we'll see. Maybe it's a lot more competitive games and moral victories than anything. But I think that the morale is going up. Final question here. When do you expect the end of the investigation to be completed and any sanctions to be handed down? I do not have an answer for that. I have absolutely no clue because the the NCAA has been about as shy about talking about that as they have been anything else for college football. I just don't know what to do with that situation. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to think. It's just a very complex, very awkward situation for Arizona State. I feel like it should have been settled by now. I would have thought it would have been over the summer. But, I, I mean, you've heard things that it could take as far as, like, two more years before they finally get the stuff settled in. So I have no idea when it's going to happen. I have no idea what the punishments are going to be. I don't know if this is something that's going to be, you know, a slap on the wrist or if this is going to absolutely crush the university and set them back even further than they've already set themselves back. It's certainly a conversation that we're going to have to keep a close eye on for, you know, however long it needs to be until they finally get this figured out. But that's all I got for you guys today. Again, thank you guys so much for submitting your questions for this uh, Locked on Sun Devils mailbag Q&A. Make sure you're always submitting your questions every single day, every single week, wherever you get your podcasts or on Twitter. So if you get your podcast on YouTube, if you check us out in that visual platform, drop your Drop your comments in the comment section. I'm always reading through and making sure that I'm making the adjustments I need to make for you guys in order to give you the best quality. You can also tweet at me on Twitter. You can get me at RichieBrads36. You can get the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Reach out. Extend a conversation. We're here to talk to you guys. So that's all I got for you today. I will see you guys tomorrow for the Utah preview, and I will see you tonight as well for the YouTube Live. So until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on Sun